welcome to an episode of Beyond Our Borders, conversations with Atlantic Canadians who are impacting the world. Each episode will bring you key insights, tools, tips, and tricks in life and in business from the best and the brightest from this corner of the world. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Beyond Our Borders. I'm your host, Tanya Shadrawi. She has been referred to as a superstar in the world of gymnastics, as well as Canada's top gymnast. Of course, I'm talking about Halifax, Nova Scotia native, Ellie Black. From beginning gymnastics at a tender age to representing her country on the Olympic stage, she is a history-making athlete, becoming the most decorated Canadian gymnast at the 2019 Pan Am Games. I am so excited that she joins me today. Welcome, Ellie. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you so much. I know it's a bit of a crazy time, so we do appreciate you uh, taking these few, few moments to sit and chat with us. So, Ellie, I start my interviews off with the same question, and that is, what has been the biggest challenge in your life or career that you've had to overcome uh, to be the success that you are today? Uh, that's a that's a big question. That's a big. I start off. Yeah, no messing around. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think for me, probably one of the biggest challenges was just being in a sport that wasn't super big in this province of Nova Scotia right at the beginning. And so, you know, I was the first female gymnast from Nova Scotia to be in the senior category and go to the Olympic Games. And I think, yeah, the biggest thing for me was just kind of growing up um, in the sport here where we didn't have a lot of that high level around us. And we did a little bit on the men's side um, and a little bit on the women's side. But, you know, I think in a, in a province where there's a lot more numbers and you're in a club where there's, there's a lot of girls at that level, you know, you're able to see that in person um, to be able to push yourself to get get to that level and see like that level of gymnastics and so I think one of the biggest things was being from Nova Scotia where gymnastics was a lot smaller back then and it's grown so much since then which is very exciting but I think yeah the that for sure was a challenge just to you know be able to eventually get to that level see what the rest of the girls in Canada were doing um and just kind of gain that confidence and be like okay yeah like I can do that even if I'm from a small province or from a small club. Um, you know, that doesn't matter if you have those dreams, you work for that. Mm-hmm. Speaking of all those years ago, I mean, you're only 24 years young. So how old were you when you started in gymnastics? I was about six or seven when I started in gymnastics, which for some people is a little bit late. Some people get into it right when they're like three years old. And then some people start around my age. But yeah, I just got into it because, you know, I was a very active child, um, quite strong, lots of energy. And so someone suggested to my parents that they try putting putting me in gymnastics and it just kind of clicked. Um, was there a turning point in your development? Like, you know, was there a, a moment where you were like, you know, I think I can go pro or did someone say, you know, this this girl has got something. She's got that it factor or was it a natural progression? I think, you know, I was I was talented in some aspects going into the sport. Like I said, I was quite strong, powerful. You know, I was able to get some of those skills pretty fast that, that um, 
you know, some of the, the other girls who are a little bit more flexible wouldn't, wouldn't be able to get. And, um, I did struggle with the flexibility side, but, you know, my, my longtime coach, KG Yamanaka, he, right from the beginning, you know, I think he saw that there was this potential. And even though I didn't have those great basics and I wasn't super clean and my gymnastics was not at all crisp, I think he definitely saw potential in that. And, you know, he was willing to work with me and through those things and try and improve to become a better gymnast and, and to see where I could go. And, and I think he always kind of believed that I had that potential to get there. And, you know, I think it's important that the athlete also believes that I think it, it as much as the coach believes that you, you have to believe it yourself and you have to want it yourself. And, and so, you know, I, I remember sitting down with KG um, in 2008 or around 2008 and we were watching well, I'd been watching the Olympics on the TV and my my coach now actually David Kikuchi he was competing at those Olympic games and you know it was really cool to see someone from your club your province representing mm-hmm. Canada at the Olympics and you know we said okay that's that's pretty cool um I would <laughs> I would love to do that someday and and we sat down and we kind of made this plan of how how we would hopefully get to the 2012 Olympics and what I had to do and and what I would be able to help Canada with to to try and make that team and that journey definitely did not go the way we planned it at all but you know we did get there and I think that was kind of a point where we actually sat down and we were like okay you know you do have the potential there's a lot of things we have to work on and things that we have to get but you know, if this is a, a goal, you know, we have four years to work through this to, mm-hmm. to try and get to that level. And, and so that was, a, I think, a, a pretty big turning point. You know, I am super fascinated with Olympians and their training because, you know, I, I, I love learning about what it takes to get to that level. So, you know, what is training like for you? Like how many hours a day do you train? And, and does it depend on the competition? Yeah, I think different seasons, it really depends. Um, I mean, competition season for us or for me is, is pretty much year round. Uh, so a lot of the training stays, stays about the same. But, you know, when I was, when I was younger to now, I'm a little bit older in the sport. I think you have to kind of, um, find what works for you and find what works for your body and what's going to be the best. You don't want to overdo it and you don't want to underdo it. And so for me, like a typical training, per day is usually I'm in there for around four or five hours, depending on the day. I know some gymnasts train a lot longer than that. Um, and, and some do about the same that I do. And I train at Ulta five times a week. Um, but you know, for me being from a smaller club and some of the days when I'm in there, I'm in there just with a few athletes at a time. So you're really able to just get to the events that you need to get to. You're able to get your work done and you don't have to spend mentally and physically six to seven hours in a gym if you can just get that done. And then some days training doesn't go as you plan. And so you do end up being there a little bit longer. But, you know, I think it's it's important to find a balance of what works for you. Um, and then I also do like outside of that, I go to the Canadian Sports Center Atlantic twice mm-hmm. a week and I'm there for an hour or two working out with my trainer. And then, you know, I do mental performance and Pilates. I do um, performance conditioning twice a week for, for an hour and, you know, just like physio, those, those extra things. So it does kind of all add up. 
So, you know, unfortunately, we are in uh, a, an unprecedented new reality with COVID-19. Has this sidelined your training? Like, what are athletes doing right now? What's the new reality for you? Yeah, I think not only for athletes, but for everyone right now, mm-hmm. um, reality in life is just like upside down. It's very different than what we're, we're used to and, and what the normal is, um, especially for athletes. So I think um, it's, and gymnasts, it's really tough because you're used to going to a gym and you're used to doing, you know, event specific practice and sports specific practice. Um, you can keep up your physical condition pretty well. Um, you know, runners can just go run outside. That's, that's pretty useful for them. But, you know, for say swimmers or like gymnasts, like it's, it's pretty hard. You can't really just mimic gymnastics at home, um, safety wise and equipment wise and feeling. Um, so that's, you know, that's a big struggle, I think, for a lot of the athletes right now. It's just kind of missing that feeling and feeling in your body of actually doing gymnastics Mm -hmm. and, so we're we're trying our best, I think, as athletes to keep a positive mindset, keep as healthy and as fit as we possibly can through this time and trying to be creative with the workouts that we're doing. I think like as a team, we're trying to do some, you know, Zoom workouts or, or getting together um, over the Internet to try and work out together, do like artistry sessions, um, Pilates sessions uh, okay. together that bring us. Yeah. And then, like, as well, like, doing workouts, um, I guess, following videos or doing our event-specific conditioning and, and that kind of stuff at home, just keeping up the stretching. But really just trying to be creative and, and trying to stay motivated and active throughout this, like, unknown and uncertain time. You know, uh, in preparation for today, I was watching some of your uh, video footage of your competitions, and, you know, it's you're truly phenomenal. It it really is spectacular. You look you look superhuman, but you are human. And I know there must be days where you just don't feel like working out. And oh, how do you how do you motivate yourself as an elite athlete? You you have no choice. You have to train. So how do you stay keep your head in the game? How do you keep yourself motivated? I think it's having goals and having dreams. I think and it's the passion for the sport as well. Like the reason I do gymnastics is because I love it so much. And that's why I've continued to stay in it so long. And I think part of that is also having balance. Um, you know, I think it's important to be determined and committed to your sport. And I'll do anything I possibly can to to try and be the best that I can be in my sport. But I think if it's all gymnastics all day, every day, mentally and physically, you get tired and then it starts mm-hmm. to it'd be hard to keep that motivation up every single day. So I think it's it's about having a good balance between your sport and just outside of that, having time to do some things that you enjoy, taking your mind off of it, and then you can come back kind of fresh and ready to go. But I think having those those goals and dreams to work towards really help. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there definitely are days where, you know, you're really sore, you're really tired, maybe you're scared of something, you're frustrated, things aren't going the way you want to exactly in practice, and or maybe you just don't really feel like being there. Um, yeah. But I think, like, for me, this is my job, like, this is something, mm-hmm. not only my job, it's what I want to do, but I'm I'm very lucky that my job is the thing that I love. And so, you know, when when you have those days, you try and at least try and do what you can. 
Um, know that, you know, not every day is going to be great. I think it's Mm -hmm. it's putting in the work on those hard days, which make the better days. And so it's just kind of like finding little things um, to be positive about small wins for those days and maybe not expecting, you can't expect yourself to be perfect every day. Like we're only human. Um, But yeah, it's just like that balance, I think. I think that's great advice for all of us right now, really. Like we're, we're stuck inside. Um, Building on that answer. I know, I know like when you're, especially you're two time Olympian and your training is extremely rigorous. You know, you're, you're challenging your body. You're developing your body. How do you mentally prepare to be on the world stage like that? Like I cannot imagine the pressure and the spotlight. So you're training your body, body physically, but how do you train your mind? How do you prepare yourself mentally? Yeah. Um, like we, we do some mental performance. Um, so we do, you see a sport, I see a sports psychologist to really go over those kind of things and prepare you the best you possibly can and help your mind be able to handle anything that comes up, especially in the sport of gymnastics, because they're, a lot of it is mental of getting yourself to do these hard things and do it under pressure in those situations. And, and so I do like a lot of visualization, you know, visualizing myself in those situations, um, and, and visualizing a positive outcome. And then we also prepare, you know, what happens if things don't go the way you plan? How are you going to, you know, be able to handle that and move forward? Um, but to prepare to compete on the world stage and all the pressure that comes with it, you know, it's, it's a, it's, something that you kind of have to learn over time I think um, with more experiences you definitely grow and and you know it's not always easy but I think it does get a slight bit easier um, just because you have confidence and you have experiences to pull from um, but really a lot of it is just having confidence in your ability and yourself and kind of trying to take that extra expectations and pressure off I mean, we put a lot of it on ourselves, and I think that's where most of it comes from. And there is outside expectation and pressure, but, like, the way me and my coach look at it is, like, we know our plan, and we know what our team is trying to achieve. And there are going to be a lot of people out there who maybe do understand. There's also going to be a lot of people out there who don't quite understand, and they don't really understand the plan and our process. And so, you know, you can't, you can't worry about that. All you can focus on and worry about is your plan and how we're going to get there and just trying to execute your gymnastics the best you possibly can. And so I guess mentally preparing for those kind of, those competitions mm-hmm. and focusing on the process. I do that a lot of the time. If you're, it's, it's really hard to just focus on the end result, but you have to focus, you know, on the steps that are going to get you there. The end right. result you can't really control. Um, what you can control is what you're doing at that moment in time and the mindset and the, I guess, how you're going into it and how positive you're being. So I think that's something is just like focusing on the process. Um, but there is a lot of on the mental side, um, yeah. like on that aspect, there's a lot of work that goes into it because that's and, and we practice that daily in our sport, you know, in training every day. There's There's a lot of things that you're scared of or, you know, like we practice pressure routines, those kind of things just to help us get ready for competition. Your fans are amazing. Of course, you know, here in Nova Scotia, we're all behind you and Canada's behind you, but like they light up the stadium. Like, does that energy help you? 
Oh, for sure. Like, <laughs> I absolutely love it. I like, I am so grateful for the people who support me. Like, I just, I, oh my gosh, I can't even put it into words. It's, it's giving me chills just um, remembering the footage that I was seeing. I know this is probably like a, such a basic question, but what does an Olympic athlete eat when they're training? Well, I guess it depends on the sport. Um, very different. Well, everyone I think eats pretty healthy. Certain sports they they have to eat differently because their bodies are, I guess, burning different ways yeah. or long distance or gymnastics is like pretty short spurts of like lots of power and quickness. We're not like right. we're long distance endurance athletes. Ask me to run like longer than ten minutes, like oh no, pass. Um, but <laughs> I think all of the athletes, we eat like, I think a very healthy balanced diet. I, that's how I would, I would put it. And it's not even a diet. Like I would say it's a, you know, it's just like eating healthy and having a balance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually like, I love to cook and I love to try new recipes and I, I like eating healthy. I think there's a lot of things that you can create and you can make that taste really good and are great for your body. And I find that fueling your body with good natural foods um, definitely makes me feel better and definitely helps my gymnastics and my performance. So that's something that I actually don't really mind doing. Um, But like I said, I think it's about having a balance too, because, you know, athletes still are able to have some treats now and then. Like, it's not like we don't ever eat, um, you know, bad foods. It's just all about moderation and maybe certain times of the year we just are a little bit more focused in on eating healthy for like different periods of time. Um, But yeah, it's good to, it's good to know you're human too. Oh yeah. (laughs) You you like your treats. (laughs) Oh yeah. Like, come on. Like you have to, you have to have a good balance. Otherwise you're going to go crazy. Yeah. So although being in isolation, whew, the, the fridge is calling a little bit too much. Like, <laughs> got to put got to put the brakes on that. Ellie, I want to talk about 2019 for a minute because a big year for you in so many ways, good and bad. Um, here you are. You are on top of the world because, you know, you came out of the Rio 2016 Olympics, fifth in the entire world. In Lima, Peru, at the Pan Am Games in 2019, you uh, became the most decorated Canadian gymnast. You made history. And then in October of 2019, at the World Championships, you injure yourself. And that injury required surgery. And uh, I can't imagine when you're training for the Olympics, because you were, you were heading to the 2020 Tokyo Summer Olympics, Mm-hmm. Um, I can't imagine as an athlete, as an Olympian, how devastating that's going to be for you. How did you, like, what happened and how did you deal with it? Yeah, I think in the moment when I did my vault, you know, I've definitely landed way worse than that before. That wasn't a bad landing. It was just the angle that my angle, ankle was at. And it just like happened to be the amount of pressure and the angle that it was at. So I ended up injuring my ankle. But what was going through my head at the time was just like, oh, Kate, there was a sharp pain. And then I like knew something, something was wrong, but I wasn't right. sure what. And I think I just got really nervous and scared that I had done something really bad to my ankle and that, you know, that was going to mess up the year to come. 
And so I think the unknown was the scariest part. And once you start to get more answers, it does make it a little bit easier. I mean, being injured, definitely not ideal. Um, But luckily, I have a super awesome team behind me. Um, My coaches and my doctors and physios and my family, everyone is so supportive um, and very, very positive. So, you know, once we figured out what was wrong with my ankle and it was what we were hoping it wasn't going to be, um, you know, I think that was a really tough moment because it was a little bit of unknown of like how it was all going to turn out and how fast it was going to be able to heal. But then from then on, it's like, it is what it is. You can't change that. Um, mm-hmm. I think you have to feel upset, but allow yourself to feel those feelings, but then be able to move on because, you know, being stuck in that negativity is not going to help you heal and it's not going to help you move forward. And it's more of creating a plan of how we are trying to get better, I guess the fastest, and safest possible to try and be ready. And it's just adjusting the plan. Um, So, you know, that was going home, getting surgery, and then kind of just taking it one step at a time. And it's kind of like going back to the process and not focusing too much on the end result. Like you have to just focus on it one step at a time, focus on the process. It may not go exactly as planned, but having the confidence that you're going to be able to deal with that and create a new plan that's going to kind of go around that speed bump or go over it and then and keep moving forward. But, you know, I that was my, I think, my third or fourth surgery. Um, so I've had a couple surgeries before. Um, and... Yeah, that was my fourth surgery. Um, So I've had experiences coming out of injuries before and usually not all at ideal times. Um, Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of a lot of practice with preparing for things when when the preparation wasn't ideal. So I think it's just it was really trying to just be as positive as possible and knowing that you're doing everything you possibly can to get back. And hopefully that that ends up working. Um, did your resolve, did your confidence falter at any point? Um, were you worried about being able to go to the Olympics? Uh, there was definitely points where I was worried about that, but I try not to give that too much, too much of my energy and time and thoughts. Um, because again, that's just thinking about something that you don't know the answer to. And it just kind of makes you a little bit more nervous and upset and like flustered in that moment. Um, And it's easy to say, oh, just don't think about it. But, um, you know, there's definitely times where that would pop up into my head. And especially if my ankle, like, like when I started back doing some things, my ankle was still pretty sore. And and where I got that hardware in my ankle, I think, you know, feeling those pains, being like, this isn't right, like, this isn't feeling good. What if this doesn't get better? Like those kind of thoughts. And, And I think just having the good team behind me supporting me and being like, look, you know, like your ankle's doing well, everything's moving forward. Yeah, it's it's maybe not as fast as we want or maybe it's going really good, but the recovery was was pretty good. Um, And, you know, it's still healing. Um, It's still recovering every day. I think it's it's still a process. Mm -hmm. There's not really a point where it's just like, oh, you're done. Um, Right. Like that may be a while from now, but. You know, I think it's just been taking it one step at a time. Mm-hmm. What qualities do you need to possess to make your dreams come true, to make 
um, to reach your level of success, to reach that pinnacle, to be celebrated in your field? What do you think we need to possess? You know, I think it's going to be unique for certain individuals. Um, I think you need to be passionate about what you're doing. I think you need to really enjoy it or love it. Um, it's hard to want to achieve the highest level in something that you don't quite enjoy doing. I think that's kind of like the number one where it will stem from. And then I think you have to be able to work hard. You have to work hard and know that it's not going to go exactly the way you want it to go. There's going to be ups and downs. Um, and it's being resilient, getting back up when things aren't good and keep pushing and keep fighting for your dreams and your goals. I think those are kind of like kind of the big ones is basically being determined and, and not letting, you know, setbacks or things that pop up in the way keep you from reaching those goals and those dreams. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I would say really enjoying what you you do, being passionate about it and being resilient and determined and hardworking. You know, I think those are those are key factors and and those should be a good base to get you going. If you weren't in gymnastics, what would you be doing? That's a really good question. And I've been asked that a lot. And honestly, it's hard to know because mm. gymnastics has been your life. My life. It's been my whole life. But there's lots of things I love to do outside of that. And I almost love to do too many things. So it also <laughs> makes the answer like a little bit harder to, to nail down. But I love to cook. I love photography. I I love like public speaking. I love being a part of the community. So I don't know. I, I always thought about maybe doing physiotherapy when I was younger because I would spend so much time at the physio and they related well to sport or being like a sport trainer just because like sport was such a big part of my life. But um, yeah, I don't know what I would be. It's really hard. I mean, I would say I'd love to be a singer, but I need to work on my singing skills. <laughs> <laughs> 24 and, and there's still a lot of gymnastics to come out of you yet. <laughs> so um, the world is at your feet. What is, has been your proudest moment to date? You know, I I think I've been able to accomplish a lot, which I'm really grateful for. Um, I've been able to do this sport for a long time, longer than some people are able to. You know, I'm I'm really proud of just being from Nova Scotia and being from Halifax and being – I started gymnastics here at Halifax Alta. Um, I still train there, not having to leave, um, not having to move somewhere else to try and get, you know, a different coach or, or different um, preparation. I think I'm really proud of the fact that I was able to stay here and, and hopefully inspire, I guess, other athletes, other people from, you know, smaller provinces, smaller cities or towns that, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily matter where you come from. Yes, sometimes you, you need um, access to different facilities, but I think it's also just like what you want to make of it. And the community and the support here has been so great. And, and so hopefully, like, we've, we've gotten a lot of people really excited about gymnastics, and gymnastics has really um, grown a lot in, in Nova Scotia and across Canada over the past few years. And I think that's something that's been, been really special, but yeah, I'm just, I'm really proud of the fact that I was able to accomplish everything that I have from here. 
and and being the first female gymnast from Nova Scotia to go to the Olympics, I think that was something really special. And then, <laughs> thank you. And then to to be, become one of the top gymnasts in the world, I think that's been pretty awesome, not just for me, but for Canadian gymnastics to show that, you know, ca- Canadian gymnastics, we can be the one of the best in the world. Um, and it's just having that mindset and that confidence that you can do it push yourself out of your comfort zone and 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 really have that belief that that you can be one of the best so I don't know just helping helping uh with Canadian gymnastics to grow and and hopefully become stronger for the years to come what advice do you give to aspiring gymnasts oh well I mean like the number one thing that I would I would say to the aspiring gymnasts I think is just enjoy enjoy the whole process. It's not going to go exactly as you plan. And even in the times where things aren't going great, just enjoy what you can do while you're doing it. And you learn from mistakes. That's probably one of the, the biggest things that I've learned is there's no real failure. I think making mistakes and and maybe what you define as failure, it, it really depends on what, how you define it. But you learn from those things, and that's how you get better. That's how you get stronger. And so it's actually very, very important for you to make mistakes um, and to grow because that will help you as an athlete and as a person be able to grow and get stronger and move forward. And so I think that's important for athletes to know and, and just to not get too too down on yourself. You're not the only – sometimes in sport and, like, especially in gymnastics, you feel like you're the only one who's going through this, like mm-hmm. – injury or this mental block or whatever whatever and like literally every other gymnast goes through this and so it's so nice to know that okay you're not the only one and people get over these things and things do get better and so it's just kind of knowing that there's there's people who are also going through the same things and you can relate and take comfort in that I guess that it will pass as long as you just kind of keep moving forward and and stay motivated um, and have goals to work towards. Um, 2020 Olympics are postponed and that we're going to take place in Tokyo. So yeah. until next year. So what does that mean for you? You know, it, the Olympics got postponed, so it's better than them being canceled. Um, I think it was the right decision with everything that's going on in the world right now. I mean, it does give me a little bit more time for my ankles. Yeah. So that's nice. And I think for the athletes right now, it's just nice to know that we don't have to stress being at home, not being able to train properly for the Olympics that are just a few months away, you know, knowing that we have a little bit more time and we're able to take the time to just try and be safe right now, rest our bodies, keep healthy, but then have the proper preparation time to get ready. So it is, it is a little bit farther away, but you know, I think athletes are used to having to deal with plans and and being resilient and overcoming different kind of challenges. So this is just one of those. Very quickly before we sign off, is there a quote that you live by that you'd like to share with us? Or is there a current book that you recommend? Um, I always like to, I guess I, I live by like dream big and never give up. And then also like, don't let anyone else set your limits. Um, I think it's just important to, to, to know that the, the world 
is your oyster. Like you can reach anything that you want to achieve. You just kind of have to set your mind to it. And actually, I would like people to give me a recommendation for books. <laughs> I'm actually really bad. I keep saying I should be reading, but I haven't been. So I can't. Okay, well, we have time now. Yeah. Um, Ellie, I thank you so much for talking to us today. Uh, you are amazing, uh, just phenomenal. And, you know, we are behind you in Nova Scotia, as in Canada, and I wish you gold at the next Olympics. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. You take care. Take care. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We appreciate you tuning in. This podcast is produced by Tanya Shadrawi and Michael Boyd through the facilities of Podcast Atlantic. We'd love for you to be part of our conversations. If you'd like to drop us a line, please go to tanyamedia.com. Or if you know of someone who should be on our show that's from our very cool part of the world here in Atlantic Canada, we'd love to hear your ideas. You can subscribe to Beyond Our Borders on iTunes and most Android podcast platforms. Until the next conversation.